Okay, good morning. So we are on Tess Zion Amun Aleph in the bottom, uh, six lines, but just a little housekeeping from yesterday. We discussed yesterday, good morning, we discussed yesterday that the workers who are working uh, or, or on a job, they say Kriyashma beforehand, the brachas before Kriyashma, the brachas afterwards, they make a bracha before eating bread and they bench afterwards. And then we ask the question, I, we say that they don't do that. So the Gemara says it depends if they're working hourly wages or they're working just for a meal. But the Gemara conti- went on to say that it says, according to the second Brisa, um, that when they go ahead and they eat lunch and they wash, they should not make the bracha rishona, they only make the bracha achrona, they only bench. And then when they bench, they make a very condensed benching. And the question is why. So Rashi actually points out, if you look at Rashi, on Tezayim, the second to bottom line, the second to bottom line on Rashi, it says, You don't make the bracha beforehand. And he says, Because the bracha Rishona is only Midrabanan. It's only Midrabanan. So it's interesting. We can get to this Gemara on Daf Lamid Hey, where the Gemara says, What is the source for, for Berchas Enenin? Bracha Lifanah Minolan. How do we know that one makes a bracha before one engages in, in partaking food? So the question, the Gemara gives two possibilities. One is the Pasuk Lashem Eretzim Loa, that everything belongs to Hashem. But the other one is a Svara. It says, Anyone who goes ahead and enjoys or benefits from this world without first asking Hashem for permission, it's as if he stole from Hektesh. Kilo Ma'al. Me'ila is a love. It's a Nevera. So it's like you're stealing. Says the, says the Pnei Yoshua, normally when you have a Svara, a logic, logic as the reason behind a mitzvah, that usually has the strength of a Minat Torah, Daraisa. It has the strength of a Torah level. So the Pnei Yoshua actually goes out on, on a limb and says, if not for the fact that many people say it's, it's that a bracha Rishon is only Midrabanan, based on this Svara, I in fact would say that it's Minat Torah. But I just want to point it out. Rashi here says the reason why if you're working for, by the hour, you're getting paid by the hour, and you take a food break, you don't make the bracha rishona. Rashi says clearly, the second to bottom line, she'ina min Torah. But the, the Pnei Yeshua suggests that based on this Gemara and Daf Lam and He, which we'll eventually get to, that one in fact could have at least, a, 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 you know, raised the possibility that it is in fact Minat Torah. Well, when you say Bacharishon, what do you mean by that? Which one? Bacharishon, 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 exactly, that's it. But Bacharishon, you don't say that anyway. You do say it afterwards, but only you, you condense it, right? You make the... But you don't say Bacharishon, before you start Bacharishon, you don't say anything. Correct, anyway. you start, right, you, you make the Bacharishon, you eat, and then you say Bacharishon. Right, that you have to, that's Minat Torah. Bacharishon is after you eat, it's benching, is after you eat. Yes. Right. But so... You talk, he's talking about just the bracha rishona, hamotzi lechem and arts, and because okay. we said you don't so do that if you're working, you don't, you, don't you, you wouldn't do. Now that's in the times of the Gemara. We're going to see now. Just I just want to read a couple things. Talk about contemporarily, um, contemporaneously, what we go ahead and do today's time when we're working by the hour. It's interesting. The Rambam seldom, seldom gives hashkafa, but often the last halacha in each of the fourteen chapters. And within each, within each, sorry, section, he'll often give hashkafa. The very last halacha in Hilchas Chiros, when, you, when you're renting out workers or you're renting out uh, kalim, the Rambam says as follows. This is in Perak Yud Gimel Halacha Zayin. It says, Just like we saw yesterday, multiple psukim, where the owner, where the employer, 
has to be very careful not to steal from his employees, has to treat them correctly and make sure you pay on time. It says, It's very important when you're getting paid by an hour or for the job that you actually are very meticulous in your time, especially if you're getting paid by the hour that you don't go ahead and play solitaire on the computer or other games or go shopping online because you're getting paid by the hour. And it, just like he has to be very careful, he has certain obligations to you. You, the worker, the employee, has certain obligations to the employer. He goes on to say, You know how important the time is? HaKadosh Baruch was saying, don't even give me the fourth bracha of benching. It's so important for you not to steal time from your, the person who's paying you that if you're going to go and take time to do your personal things, and yet I'm telling you, I'm mochel on the fourth bracha of Berach HaZamazon. And listen to what he says at the end. He says, He says, when you work, when you're doing a job, give 110%. Give 110%. You know why? You know what the source is? Shrei Yaakov Atzadik Omar. When he talks to Rachel and Leah, when they're about to leave, he says, your father changed, right? Um, he changed my wages multiple times. Sarah name ten times he changed my wages. But I gave him 110%. Says the Rambam, that's a riot, that's a source from where we should learn that when you give someone your word that you're going to do a task, you give 110%. This is the little uh, Musr Haskel, the little Ashkafa, that the little uh, Musr that the, the Rambam gives. Now, how do we actually pass in today's times? Listen to what the Shulchan Aruch says. It's very interesting. He says, Shulchan Aruch says, Paulim Sha'osin, this is in Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim Simon Kufiyot 110. It says as follows: When your polim are working by by a bias, if he only gives them the schar for the seuda, then they can say the full shmon esrei, right? Because he's not paying them by the hour. However, we still say they should not go ahead and be the chazin. We said yesterday they should not go ahead and be berachas kohanim. But he says vehaina in today's times. This is the Shulchan Aruch talking in today's times? Even if you're getting paid by the hour, we can assume you can dive in the full Shmon Esrei. We know that when a Jew hires another Jew, it's with the intention that they are going to go ahead and um, daven. I heard an unbelievable story. Rabbi Merzov just forwarded to me. Rabbi Sachs, who we, we know, uh, was in Kolel, in NCSY Kolel, this past, uh, this past Sunday, Monday, I think it was, or maybe last week. He got very, he, he arrived there very late. And he apologized, and he actually started off by saying the first two minutes that I never ever get to uh, shear late. I want to tell you what happened. I was on the way here from, the, I guess maybe from the airport, and the driver told me the sun was coming down that he hasn't daven mincha yet. So, I, and this was erev rosh Hashanah, This was erev rosh chodesh. This was last week. He says, and he's a bal tshuva, and he just started taking it upon himself. So, Beisak said, you have to stop on the end of uh, the side of the road. There's no question. You have to stop. So he stopped and he davened Mincha. They're in the car two, three minutes later, and he says, I forgot to mention Yalav Yavo. Rabbi Sack said, You must stop on the side of the road. And he had tears in his in his voice when he was saying this. And yet he goes, I will pay you the difference. He goes, I'm not allowed to, my my owner. I will put, make up the difference, I will pay you. This is Rabbi Sachs talking. I will pay you the difference. But you see, so when someone hires you out today, they assume you're gonna say the full Shmonesra, even more so. 
Rabbi Sachs went out of his way to say you have to daven again. This was, he was actually crying when he said, story. This is a, uh, this is a Baal Tshuva, Tshuva, and, and he, he was embarrassed to say to, to, to his uh, client that he has to stop, but he stopped twice. That, that's the godless of Rabbi Sachs. But I'm just saying, in today's time, it's relevant. When you hire someone, you can assume that uh, you can, in today's time, that you can say the full Shemun Then he goes on to say something amazing. He says, um, so similarly, today if you're hired out, you should still say all four brachos for benching. Even though the Gemara says you comprise, you condense, sorry, brachos, you know, in two, three, and four into one, you should still say the, uh, all, all the benching. Because it says, Today we, we assume that when you're hired, you can say the full brachos. And it says, he says something very interesting, some of us, including myself, sometimes at the vast, you're, you're running late, the last parak, uh, a year, you know, um, the last uh, uh, parak of, of benching, you might get up and start walking around the house and doing your next chore. It says you're not supposed to do that. You have to sit down while you're benching and you have to finish it in its proper place. Don't start doing other tasks and multitasking while you're benching, the Shulchan Aruch says. The Mishnah Brewer says, why? It says, The Mishnah Brewer says, It appears that when you're benching, you're just doing it by happenstance, that you're not actually setting aside the time. It's not important enough for you to go in and set aside time to thank a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You're doing it while you're starting to wash the dishes, while you're starting to get the laundry, while you're packing up your bag to go to work, if you're eating breakfast, whatever it is. You should really give the time, because it's not supposed to be that we're just doing this by chance or by happenstance, or we can multitask. Kaddish Baruch Hu deserves our full intention, and when you say it, we should go ahead and give him the full attention. Okay. Now, let's go on in the Gemara. The next, we are on uh, six lines up from the, from the bottom. Chasan Patur Mekriyashma. So we discussed this. We're going to go through it a little bit quicker. This is an exact um, copy of the Gemara that we saw in Daf Yud Aleph. If anyone wants to see the full shir there on Osek Mitzvah, Patur Mitzvah, when you're involved in one mitzvah, you're Patur from the second. We'll, we'll touch upon it today, but it was given much le- uh, in, in, more in depth uh, back on Yud Aleph, and it's on the uh, Torah's Kohanim uh, website. So now, Chasan Patur Mekriyashma. Tanar We saw this in the Mishnah. B'shiftecha b'veisecha, the Pasuk in Kriyashma says, B'shiftecha b'veisecha, prior to Osek Mitzvah. When are you obligated to say Shema v'dibar tabam? You should say these words, Kriyashma, B'shiftecha b'veisecha, when you are sitting idle in your house. That's when, that's when you are obligated to go ahead and say Kriyashma, which implies if you're involved in a mitzvah or very important, as Rashi points out in Gemara Sukkah, which is the other source, even if you're on the way to do a mitzvah, not just if you're actively involved, but you're on the way to visit your Rebbe, you're on the way to do Ali al Regal, and you're on, on the Shal Shagal, and you're on your way to Yushalayim, even if you're not actively involved, but you're on the way, and you're on, on the way to perform a mitzvah, that would be uh, um, an, a, uh, a legitimate exclusion for you to go ahead and be involved in the second mitzvah. And the, the pasuk continues, And what does it mean, Prat And this, the Gemara learns out, is specific exemption for a chasan, a groom. Mikan Amru HaKonis is a psula potter, it is a tour, an exemption for the chasan on the night of his wedding, where we assume he's going to be consummating his marriage, and therefore he is deep in thought. We said yesterday multiple possibilities. Either he's nervous how he's going to perform, or he's nervous he may not find her to be a, uh, to be a basula, 
uh, he, he might get injured. There are all different possibilities. Uh, in any event, um, so this patras him. And the Chiddush here is that why do you need both? Because the first one tells me if you're actively involved in the mitzvah. When it says, B'shiftach HaVesecha means when you're sitting idle. Either, as opposed to you're performing a mitzvah, you're on the way to perform a mitzvah. What does this tell us? The second one, why specifically for a chassan? Even, this was to Jeff's point, I think, yesterday, even if you're thinking about the mitzvah, if you're so preoccupied, and we're going to see later on in a few lines about Avelis, but you're so preoccupied with the mitzvah, performance of the mitzvah, how are you going to do it, the halachos of the mitzvah, if I'm, I'm nervous, I'm thinking about it, and you're torahed, and you're thinking, you're busy, and you're occupied, then it also, you're pater from other mitzvahs. So osig mitzvah, pater mitzvah, doesn't just mean the performance of, doesn't just mean when you're on the way to do, but the third one is even when you're thinking about it, and therefore it does not apply to an almana, we'll see why in a second, we'll see why, but presumably, because by basula you're more concerned um, that she may not be a uh, basula, in fact, and you're nervous about the, the, the consequences of that, you'll have to go to Bezdin, so on and so forth, but almana, she's a widow, presumably she's, uh, not presumably, she's already had Bia, so that concern, uh, and she may be more experienced, so that concern is not really an issue. The more continues, my mashma, amara, papa, so what does it actually come to tell us that your partner from Kriyashma? So the Mar says, Amar Papa ki derech. When it says derech, ma derech rishos avhochanam rishos. So when it says uvelechtechov vaderech, how do I actually know that this is what it means that you're potter from osik mitzvah when you're involved in mitzvah A, you're potter from mitzvah B, you're exempt. We'll see soon whether it means you're exempt or whether you're prohibited from performing mitzvah B. But the simple explanation is that you're exempt from mitzvah B. If I'm all putting up a mezuzah while I'm actively putting up the mezuzah. And Ani comes to me and says, can I have money? I'm exempt from giving tzedakah. Now, we're going to see in a few minutes, that doesn't mean if you're doing a passive mitzvah, if you're wearing tzitzis or tefillin, that don't actually, it's not, you're not osik, you're not involved in the mitzvah, you're being mekayim the mitzvah, you are fulfilling the mitzvah, but it's not an active role or active uh, participation. So that would not exist, uh, except according to the rival. We'll see the different opinions momentarily. But what does derech mean? Just like derech is optional, rishos, it's non-mitzvah affiliation. So too, avhachanam, rishos. So too, when the Gemara says, the Pasuk says, you have to say shema, vidibartabam, it's only when you're on a rishos, which is uh, an optional, meaning an involuntary action, not a mitzvah, something we're commanded in, and therefore it comes to exclude any time where you're involved in mitzvah, one does not have to say kriyashma. The Gemara says, how do you know derech doesn't necessarily mean you're on the way to do a mitzvah? How do you know that it means you're doing something voluntary? The whole limud was, when you're on your way to do something presumably voluntary, you're exempt from saying kriyashma. If you're exempt from kriyashma, it means osik mitzvah, patra mitzvah. You're involved. But, but, in other words, only when you're sitting idle do you have to say kriyashma. But if you're on your way to do something, Gemara says, how do I know? Maybe he's talking about even if you're on your way to do a mitzvah, not just a voluntary thing. Maybe even if you're on your way to perform a mitzvah, you'd be obligated to say Kriyashma. Gemara says, if that was the case in Cain, it would just say, on your way, on the way. My belechtecha, on your way? It must mean, that <clears throat> you're only obligated when you are going on your path, meaning something you're on your way to Publix to go shopping for a, for a voluntary action, a non-mitzvah action. When you're on your way to take care of your needs, you have to say Kriyashma. Implication is, if you're on your way to take care of my needs, says Hashem, meaning a mitzvah, you're part of Kriyashma. Hold the mitzvahs, Petura, Petarta. 
But if you are on your way to do a mitzvah, you would be a, a pator. By the way, when it says almana, it doesn't necessarily just mean a widow, it can mean a divorcee as well. Anyone who's not a basula, anyone who is not a... Is that because of the... Well, <clears throat> yeah, usually we, we presume that if you're marrying someone, experience. it's not your first time also, correct? It's not your first time. If she's an almana, you're less like, you're not concerned that she's a virgin. You know she's not a virgin. But we said yesterday, the whole reason why men used to get married on Wednesday nights, the first morning Subas discusses, is because Thursday morning, Bezdin convened. And if by chance she was not found to be a virgin, you would go to complain to Bezdin and say, I was sold. Damn, it's make us toast. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you so want to call it. Correct, correct. And the Ksuba, assuming she's a basulsa, we say right that she's a, she's a virgin. So if she's not, then you'd have to say exactly correct. Not just monetary, but also there's possibly a mekachtos and possibly a false, uh, false uh, you know, sale uh, with, uh, with the wrong um, uh, the wrong pretense. Thank you. Okay, the Gemara continues. Ihachi, <clears throat> if that's the case, that if you're telling me that it's all about someone being concerned about the mitzvah and they're thinking not just about a mitzvah, but that presumably they're so preoccupied and their mind is so involved in this up uh, the performance, then really, and that's why you're not gonna have kavana, then ihaki my iria abasula, I feel almananami. Maybe why should it be if it's really a question of being osik b'mitzvah? Now, there's two aspects here. Forget about the Torah, the thought process here. Focus, my mistake, focus on the mitzvah part. If you're really talking about a mitzvah, that if it's osing mitzvah, patron mitzvah, getting married is a mitzvah. So it shouldn't make a difference if you're marrying a basula or you're marrying someone who's an almana, widowed, and already married once, but, or a divorcee. You're still a mitzvah. So then if it's osing mitzvah, it's patron mitzvah, why should it be the difference? So the Gemara says, the difference is hachatarid, hachalotarid, to Alan's point that here, when you're marrying a basula, you're, you're thinking about it much more because for multiple reasons that we just discussed. But by an almana, you're not. So the Gemara seems to say that it's not just the mitzvah aspect, but it's also the tirda aspect, also the, the thought process, well, and the fact that you're consumed. Wouldn't it, right, wouldn't it be where your kavana is, where you're concentrated? Exactly, so if you're, if you're not... Excited, right. you can't even, you know, Perfect. Exactly. But look at the first question of the Gemara. The... Look at the first question of the Gemara. The Gemara says... If you're telling me that um, that it's osek mitzvah pater mina mitzvah, so it should apply to a besula as well. The implication is that marriage is a mitzvah, correct? This is a big problem for the rush. So there's a very very well known machlokas between the Rambam and the rush. Is marriage is the concept of nisuin a mitzvah mina Torah? The Rambam says it is a mitzvah ki ikach ish isha when a man takes a woman, it's a mitzvah. The, the Rosh, Rabbeinu Asher, is one of the major postkin for, for the Ashkenazim, holds it's not a mitzvah. He says it's just a prerequisite, not even a prerequisite. You, the mitzvah is pruravu. You can actually marry a concubine. Or not marry, you can have children with a concubine, says the Rosh. There's no actual mitzvah to get married, according to Rabbeinu Asher. It's, the mitzvah is pruravu. Oftentimes, marriage is a hechetimza. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a path. It's a means to It's a path to get to have children. But according to the Rush, it's not a mitzvah in itself. In fact, he says the brachos that we say under the chuppah, the Shavah brachos, are not a berchas a mitzvah. It's a berchas shavach valdah. It's giving praise to Hashem for creating the concept, the institution of marriage. But it's not a mitzvah. In which case, this is a problem. Because how do you understand the question of the Gemara? Well, if you're telling me, O sacred mitzvah, 
patur min mitzvah is going to exempt a chasen, a groom, when he's marrying a besula, then he should also, and it's, presumably it's a mitzvah also when you marry an almana. That's the question of the Gemara. But according to the Rush, it's not a mitzvah. So how do you understand the question? The Rush, it's a problem for the Rush. Right, the Rush doesn't say that marriage itself is a mitzvah. It only is a means to an end, oftentimes, to have children. The mitzvah is puravu. We know that's the first mitzvah given. Doing what you need to do for Purvu, you actually are married because that's the. That's but you don't have to. He says you can actually marry a Pelegesh. Not a marry. He says you can actually. Uh, you Give me two minutes, you guys are. I love it. It's perfect. This, this is perfect. What? Oh, no, so. So he doesn't hold the institute. That's a whole separate question. It's a great question. I'll, we'll, I'll, that's a whole separate discussion. But he doesn't. He holds that the mitzvah of Purvu, it's a good question, it's out of wedlock. But the whole question, the whole purpose of, of, of the institution of marriage is just for Puravu. So if I can bypass marriage and have a Pilegesh, a concubine, which was very common in those times, you can have a Pilegesh and have, fulfill the mitzvah. So it's interesting. How will he answer this, this question? So we discussed in the past that there is a concept of a Heksha mitzvah, the two mitzvahs that you just discussed. There's a concept to a, there's a preparatory stage in the mitzvah, to all mitzvahs. For example, buying Dal and Minim. The Torah says you have You must take the dalaminim on the first day of Sukkot. Doesn't tell you that you have to go to the market and buy the dalaminim. It doesn't say that you have to pluck the esrog off the off the tree. It doesn't tell you that you have to take the aravos off the bush. So, but we know that you have to do that. So, in order to have B, you must go through step A. However, there are certain times where the Chumash does tell us the preparatory stage. Chag Sukkos. We say that you learn you have to make a sukkah, right? Is a, a, he can say it's a hechsher mitzvah ksuva bekra. There's certain mitzvahs, except, what's, the, what's the mitzvah by mezuzah? To put on a doorpost, yes? But it says, you are right to mezuzah. There are certain mitzvahs where the Torah says, what about tzitzis? Film two is writing. But it doesn't tell right right soften correct yeah. but it also va'asisem tzitzis but what's the mitzvah of tzitzis or isem to see there are certain mitzvahs where the Torah tells us the preparatory stages says the Nitzit based on Rav Shultz Rav Shultz he says any time there's a hechsher mitzvah what he calls haksuva bekra where the preparatory stage is also enumerated and 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 stated in the Chumash it takes on a higher status. It's possible that he would say, that the Rush would say, since Kiddushin, Kiyikach Ish Isha, it gives us, when a man, Kicha, we know that means one of three things, right? Three ways to be Kona and Isha, to, to establish marriage. Shtar, Kesar for Kiddushin. You can buy, you can have Bia, or you can have a Shtar. So it means when you marry a woman, so even if you don't hold that the institution of marriage itself is a mitzvah, it does give the preparatory stage, Kiyikach Ish Isha. So it's possible that he may hold that Osik mitzvah, Patrimin mitzvah would apply even to a Heksher mitzvah, which is Haksuva Bekroff. It goes out of its way and it mentions it in the Chumash. We saw multiple differences, by the way, <clears throat> certain Afkaminas. We also saw that the Nasif said by any Heksher mitzvah, Haksuva Bekroff, anytime a preparatory stage is mentioned in the Chumash, we say mitzvah bo yosemi b'shlucha. We know that we normally can send a shaliach to do a mitzvah and you both get credit for it. But he says it's a bigger mitzvah in a case where the Torah goes out of its way to do the preparatory stage, it's a bigger mitzvah you do it yourself. For example, I can send a monkey to go ahead and to buy dal and minim. Okay? 
but I shouldn't have a robot build my sukkah because it says Chagas Sukkos Taselacha. Right. Similarly, we know that the we know from the pasuk uh, that Oneg and Kavod Shabbos is meant. Is, is, the Rambam says it's Divrei Neviim. It's mentioned in, in the Neviim, right? We say that Kavod and Oneg Shabbos. There's four mitzvahs by Shabbos: Zohar and Shamor. Zohar is all the assays mentioned in Perak Chaf in, in Yisro in Perak Chaf of Shmos in the Asos of Debros. Shamor is mentioned in Perak Hey in Devarim Beschanan. So those are the two Asay and Los Asay. But there's two other mitzvahs, Kavod and Oneg. What's the difference between Kavod and Oneg? These are on the Divrei Nevi'im. What's the difference between Kavod and Oneg? So the Vilna Don says anything that's done before Shabbos is Kavod Shabbos. Setting the table, <clears throat> vacuuming, showering, ironing your clothes. Anything that's done on Shabbos is Oneg Shabbos. Singing Zemiros, having good food. There's one mitzvah, by the way, that's actually both. What mitzvah is Kavod and Oneg? Halakas Neros, excellent. Halakas Neros. The Rambam actually mentions it in, in two different prakim, in both in Kavod and Oneg. You do it before, but it extends into Shabbos. So says the Nitziv, <clears throat> since Kavod is a Heksha Mitzvah Suva Bekra, since Kavod Shabbos is actually one of the preparatory stages that's mentioned in Shabbos, if your wife asks you to vacuum, don't pawn it off on your kids. Because it's a bigger mitzvah when you do it yourself. Don't, give, don't have a shaliach do the mitzvah for you. There are certain mitzvahs. Build a sukkah yourself. Do kavod Shabbos for yourself. And he says, when you go in to be makadish a woman, do it yourself. Don't rely on someone else to be makadish a woman because ki kach ish isha. We also say that you should see the woman you're going to marry before you marry her, presumably in those times. Yeah, you have to see the woman first. We don't, you know, it's better not to necessarily, you can go on the first date, there's not a resume, a, sta- a shidduch uh, class, you can go on the first date without seeing a picture before, but you should never marry a woman, obviously, without seeing her, so it's better for you to be Mekadish, but because of this, don't send the shalich to be Mekadish, because it says, ki kach isha, so this is a heksha mitzvah, suva bekra, so it's better to do it yourself. Anyway, back in the Gemara. Abraham screwed that one. Say again? I said Abraham screwed that one. Yeah. So now, <clears throat> so now the Gemara says... Now that we understand that it's a, talking about the tirda, about the thought process, so the Gemara says, whoa, if it's all about the thought process, which is serving as the exemption <clears throat> for saying Kriyashma, then what if the stock market has a crash? What if, what if my yacht is, what if my yacht is, is drowning? It, who says it has to be just something, if you're telling me that the whole thought, the reason why a chassan is putter, because when he marries a besula, he's going to be so involved in the thought process, but when he's marrying an almana, he's not involved because he, he's experienced, she's experienced, he's not worried about if he's going to find her to be a virgin, he knows a priori that she's not a virgin, she was already married. But if you're telling me the whole thing is just about machshava, then if you're, th- if you're involved in anything thought, even a non-mitzvah, again, if you're having a, whatever, a you have a, 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 big, a big meeting that day, if, you, if you're in the stock market, whatever it is. So Gemara says, Imishum tirda, even if one of your investments is going down the drain, literally your boat is drowning. You should also be potter. So the Gemara says, Alama, in fact, why in fact does Rabbi Huda, Abba Barzav, the Amar, Rav, Ovel Chayiv, Bechol HaMitzvot Samuras Batora, and Ovel is Chayiv in all the mitzvot, except Chutz Minat Tefillin for a separate reason. He's potter from Tefillin because Tefillin is called glory. Shari Nemar Ben Peer, it's called glory. Shari Nemar Peer Chachav Shalecha. And when a Avel 
is, is has a torn shirt, hasn't shaved and hasn't showered, looks like it doesn't look like he's uh, in great shape physically. So you don't don tefillin because it's a pair. Fine, he's potter from tefillin, but it's chayiv in all other mitzvahs. But according to what you're telling me, if you're potter from mitzvahs because you're so th- involved in other thoughts, obviously your thought is with the deceased. So obviously during during avelus you're you not think avelus avelus yeah yeah. Everybody wears yes, that's a separate thing, but. So even during Aninus, you're part from from this. But what Ani, we don't we don't Aninut, because you cannot. So it's Machlokas. Rashi tells us whether you're not you're Potter or you're not allowed to. We'll get to that in a second. Yes, hold hold that thought. So Machlokas Rambam Ramban when Avela starts. Is it just during um, Kavura? The Rambam says there's no Avelas before burial. The Ramban says Mishas Misa. Once the person the relative is Nifter, we'll talk about this more in the next Mishnah because we're talking about Avelas. But it's a, it's a valid, good point. So in any event, so other mitzvos, again, you're obligated to other mitzvos, even though your, your thought process is certainly re- regarding the mace. So if you're telling me it's all about um, tirda, all about thought process, and you're being, you can't have kavana, that's the reason why a chasen is pater on the night of his wedding night from St. Kriyashma, then it should apply, okay, you're telling me a boat? Okay, maybe not a boat. But here he's doing a mitzvah. He's involved in a velus and he's chayv in all of the mitzvahs. And yet, according to what you're saying, he shouldn't be able to concentrate. Gemara says, "Armi hasam tirde b'shus hachat tirde mitzvah." No, it's interesting. The Gemara actually equates the, your investments going down the drain with with avelus. That even though <clears throat> that they are both rishus, it's not a dvar mitzvah. As opposed to thinking about the pruer vu that you're going to consummate your marriage, is a dvar mitzvah, and that is a valid exemption. But not, but not even Avelis, which is Chiddush. The reason is Rashi, I'm going to quote Rashi. Rashi says in Sukkah, which is the other main sugya for Osek Nitzvah, Pratum Nitzvah, Rashi says, even though you're obligated to have Avelis, to mourn the loss, that's only Minhage Avelis, not wearing shoes, tearing your, tearing your shirt, not showering. But to be thinking all day long, Rashi says, you don't have to. Now, we obviously think differently. We obviously spent a lot of time thinking about the mace. But that's not Me'ikir Adin, says, says Rashi. You don't have to be, and therefore it's more of a personal decision if you're going to be involved thinking about the mace the whole time. And therefore, the, the, uh, the Pator doesn't exist in such a case. Only when you're actually being involved in the thought process for a mitzvah, does Osig Mitzvah, Partum and a Mitzvah exist, and not for a Devar Now, I just want to discuss very quickly in the next five minutes, what exactly is, is the machlokas? We, we touched on it a little bit uh, a couple minutes ago. There are three opinions as to how this pator, this exemption of osek mitzvah, if you're involved in mitzvah A, and all of a sudden you're confronted with mitzvah B, that you don't have to do mitzvah B. Shita number one is tosvos. Only if you're unable physically to perform both are you exempt from mitzvah B. So I'm actually now hanging up mezuzah. I'm in the process. I hung up the mezuzah, and now someone asks me, can you go ahead and help me cross the street? Uh, an elderly woman cross the street. So if I'm actively involved, I can't be putting up a mezuzah and crossing the street at the same time. So I'm EF Shalakayim Shneim. If I'm not able to physically perform both acts simultaneously, that's when the Pator exists according to Tosvos. The Ran says a little bit different. The Ran says, if you're Osek B'mitzvah, if you're actively involved, even if you could do both, if there's an active involvement as opposed to a passive involvement. So if I'm actively involved in a mitzvah, even though I could do both, I don't have to do the second one. And the third example 
is the, the Ravid who gives one that's very hard to understand, that has even a passive mitzvah. And he gives an example, if I go in and loan someone, it's a, it's a mitzvah, kesef talvis ami, we know it's a mitzvah to loan someone money when they need money. And you're allowed to take collateral. So you're loaning someone $20,000 and they're giving you their Rolex watch. So you have the watch. The rabbit says, as long as you're holding onto the watch, that's part of a mitzvah, you're potter from other mitzvahs. Hard to understand. Because again, you could put it in the bank, in the safety, safe deposit box, in the bank. So technically, you're still a shomer. You're still watching it. But to say that you're potter from other mitzvahs when it's in the bank, it's nothing, you know, I'm involved at all. That, that's the shita. So there are those, the Kehilos Yaakov, for example, the stipler, who explain the machlokas between, let's just take the, the, the two more accepted uh, views, Ron or Tosvos. Tosvos says when you can't possibly do both, your potter. And, oh, by the way, what does it mean if... But wouldn't time come into play? Like the Shema, you have a Zman. So if you... Great question. Shema, time, if you're putting up a mezuzah, yeah. you can stop. Great question, great question. So we discussed this, uh, that's why I said it's a really long topic. So it's a really long topic. Well, let's say you're putting up the bracha and you have seven mezuzahs to put up, and you put up the first one, so the bracha is not about Torah anymore. But, but, but I, I was very hesitant to start this topic because last time we spent 45 minutes on it. So there is a concept, um, what if no one else can do that? What if there's no one else to cross that elderly lady who's schlepping four bags, and there's no one else to do it. So, you should stop doing what you're doing, and then go back. But if, if like someone else can do it, like sure, correct. So if there is someone else to do it, then you continue doing it. So that's almost like the same concept, right? If it's not going to get done, or you're going to lose the opportunity. So if one mitzvah is overus, if it's a time that's time-bound, there's a lot of qualifications. You're 100% wrong. I'm just giving the overview, but, but excellent point. Uh, by the way, we discussed last time, the Rambam says, if you go do it, but then he adds two words, if you're learning, and you have a chance to go ahead and be, uh, no one else is going to do it, they need a minion for Sheva Brachos, let's say, you go, and he says, so Rav Lichtenstein, Rav Hutner, they both point out, Rav Hutner's in Pach and Yitzchak, says, the Rambam never wasted words. Why would the Rambam go ahead and add, this is in Talmud Torah, uh, Gimel Dalit, Parag Gimel Lachadalit. He says, V'yachsu Talmud, you have to go back and learn. Why? Because he says, by saying, if you go back to learn, it shows that the only reason you did the mitzvah is a kiyum in your learning, you're getting brownie points. If you learn, do a mitzvah and learn again, even while you're doing the mitzvah, you get a schar for the mitzvah, you're also getting a schar for the learning. It's as if you never stop learning. So you're getting double points. In any event... <clears throat> question is, why, according to Tosfos, Tosfos says, only if I can't do both simultaneously, I'm exempt. Asks, <clears throat> ask the Ritva, why do I need a Pasuk? Why do I need a Belech Tchavadarach to tell me that if I physically can't do both mitzvos, then I'm Pater? What do we expect you to be, superhuman? How could you possibly stretch one arm out to do the mezuzah and, and be crossing the street at the same time? Obviously, you can't do both. I don't need a Pasuk to tell me if it's impossible to physically do both, we don't want you to be superhuman. You don't have to do both. Well, well, what's the Havamina? Why would I think if I can't do both, I'd be obligated to do both? So comes the, the Ritzvah and says, the Chiddush is that according to Tosfos, it's usher to do the second one. You are not allowed to forsake the second one. The first one, do the, the second one. Why? Once you're doing a mitzvah, the second one now is optional. You can never be obligated in two mitzvahs at the same time if they both require action. Which means, when you're doing the first one, everything else, we're doing an active mitzvah, everything is a devarishos. 
Am I allowed to forsake a mitzvah to do a devarishus? No. So that's why I need the Pasek. It doesn't just mean that I'm, I'm not forsaking mitzvah A to do mitzvah B. It's more than that. Mitzvah B now is not a mitzvah. Once I'm involved in mitzvah A and I can't do mitzvah B, mitzvah B now is a rishus. It's a voluntary thing. And you can never leave mitzvah A to do mitzvah B. One last point, and we'll end. <clears throat> the Kehilas Yaakov, the stipler, explains the machlokas whether, if the, the, again, Tosu says only if I can't do both at the same time. And the Ran said, <clears throat> the Ran said that if I'm actively involved in one, even if I can do the second, if I'm actively involved in one, as opposed to passive, wearing sissets or tefillin, if I'm actively involved in one, I'm exempt from the second. So the Machlokas says this concept of osik mitzvah, punter a mitzvah, when you're involved in mitzvah A, how do you relate to mitzvah B? What do we view the person? If Ayal is doing mitzvah Aleph, and now he's presented with mitzvah B, is, he, is it a patur, is it an exemption, or is he considered anus? Anus, as we discussed in the past, is a concept... <clears throat> Where something's beyond your control, you have no control over it. So we know that Anus, the Torah never obligates you. Anus Rachmana Patre. The Torah never obligates someone if it's beyond their control. So Tosfos would say that it's beyond your control. You can't do both. You don't have to do it. The Ron, um, sorry, just the opposite. Tosfos would say that it's a patur. I can't do, if I can't do it, I can't do it. The Ron says you're Anus. Sorry, my apologies. Tosa says, you're, you're honest. You simply can't do both, so you're exempt from the second one. According to the Iran, even though I could do the second one, if the first one's active, but I could do the second one, you're exempt. It's a patur. So there's a lot of different, uh, we can discuss next time, a lot of different um, uh, implications, whether you say it's just a blanket exemption or you're honest. Honest means you're not even obligated in the first place. It's never, an, an ob- you're not obligated if you have mitzvah A to do mitzvah B. Whereas the Ron would say, no, it's just a patur. You're exempt. You theoretically could do it, but you don't have an obligation to do it. So this is just a little bit of a, what we discussed last time. It's much deeper in, uh, in the Shir and Daf Aleph. Well, next week, we're going to start the new Mishnah. Mitzvah, we're going to talk about Avelos and adopting children, whether you fulfill the mitzvah of Peruvu. It's a very fascinating topic. It's a, it's a little bit of a jump uh, from the Mishnah, but I figured it's, a, it's an exciting, interesting topic, and I always use an excuse to do a topic off the daf. Have a wonderful day, an easy, meaningful fast, and the Mitzvah, we should see the Gula soon. I wanted to mention that in Alicha Shlomo, Shlomo Zaman Orbach Paskins, that when one is saying Kriyashma in Shul and an Ani comes, he, to collect for tzedakah, he should not stop kriyashma to give the ani and lose his kavano. This would be a classic example of an osik mitzvah pater min mitzvah. His eitzah was to put a few dollar bills on the yishtender uh, so that uh, when an ani comes, he'll just not bother you and hopefully he'll only take one, not the whole, uh, you know, leave some for the next ani, but uh, better to do that and not uh, not stare your kavana.